0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Black Belt Beauty Radio. Today's episode is a conversation with clinical nutritionist Julie Keen and I. Julie is a wealth of knowledge in biology and nutrition and really just in health overall. She's been on this podcast twice before, and both of those episodes have been killer ones. I know all of you guys who have listened to them um, received a lot of value from them, which makes made me really happy. You know, that's the goal here is to give you information and especially information like nutrition, biology, all this stuff related to health. It's so complex and there's just so much to it that, you know, the goal always is to kind of curate this in a way that, and distill it down so that it's, it's easily digestible for you guys, you know, so you don't get lost and you can actually apply it to your life. Um, this particular subject is a really important one, you guys. It's all about gut health. I think that this is a topic that we all need to become as much familiar as we possibly can with because science is just continuously proving that, you know, our gut health really affects the entirety of our health. You know, it's being called the first brain now. It's there's so much to it. It's such a big subject and Julie and I definitely break down the most important layers for you guys to absorb at this point at least, you know. Um, you know, we talk about what a healthy gut is, what a non-healthy gut is, what are the things that support a healthy gut? You know, the food, the lifestyle, like what how do we how do we attain this optimally healthy gut? What are the things that we stay away from? You know, so we get into all of it. Um and it's it's a really fun conversation because both her and I are super geeky about this subject. So I'm sure you guys will be laughing at some points throughout it, Um, which would be awesome because again, like, you know, you don't, I don't want you guys to feel like you're sitting in a classroom and, and, and listening to a lecture on gut health. Um, I don't think that you'd be able to absorb the information as powerful uh, or as powerfully as, as, you know, when you're listening to just a conversation that is fueled by passion um, on the subject. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys get into it. And you know, if this really resonates with you you and if it impacts you, you guys let us know, we love hearing from you, please share it on your stories on Instagram, hit me up on Instagram. I love connecting with you guys. Say it all the time. Um, it's, it's, it's so, it's so important and so valuable to me. So definitely let us know what you think, share this episode. If you did love it, if you do love it and, um, you know, if you would like to leave a review and rate this podcast, I wouldn't be mad at you for it. (laughs) I'd be really, really grateful and stoked. So that's, that's it. I'm going to hit play and let you guys enjoy this conversation with my friend, Julie Keen. What's up, you guys? I am here with my good friend, rockstar clinical nutritionist Julie Keen. This is round three for us.
1: What's up, Julie? Hi, Roxy. Hi, everybody. So excited to be here.
0: You guys, we're stoked. Um, the subject today on this podcast is gut health. And you know, I'm sure that most of you are familiar with this term now. It's super hot in science for great reason. You know, science is continuously proving more and more how important um, having a healthy gut is and how it really affects our overall well-being. So I'm super passionate about this subject. It's super geeky and complex, and um, which is why I love it so much. And I'm, I'm psyched to have Julie here because she can really help to kind of distill down some of the complexity and make it more digestible for all of you to take home because it's so valuable. So I think the first place um, I want to start is really defining, you know, what is a healthy gut and and then we're just going to run from there. But I think, you know, to put it simply, or this is how I frame it, um, is, you know, I think of assimilation and elimination, right? And so your gut is essentially like the bodyguard, right? So like what you eat, for example, isn't even in your body yet, as funny as it sounds, right? Because you're like, no, it's going in my mouth, it's going down that, but it's not. When it is assimilated from the gut, the, the gut is going to decide what stays and what goes. And a healthy gut, a gut that is working optimally, knows how to extract the nutrients that are important and vital for our optimal health, and assimilate it to you know the to our body. That's when basically all of that stuff from our food enters the body, and then to eliminate, which is also a very important part of a healthy gut. You know, our gut decides. So we have the large intestine and we have the small intestine. Our small intestine is where our microbiome lives. Put a pin in that. We're going to come back to that later because that's a huge <laughs> subject. Um, but you know, that's when. You know our, our 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 gut decides a healthy gut is going to decide okay this is not necessary we are going to eliminate which means you know your bowel movements are healthy and you've got like one to three of them going on every single day so you know and this this is essentially going to bridge us into what a non-healthy gut looks like but i really just wanted to frame that because you know, a lot of times you hear healthy gut, what is that in the first place, <laughs> yeah. right? It's yeah. like, okay, so just think of those two words, assimilation and elimination. When your gut is working optimally, you are assimilating the nutrients that your body needs to perform its best, to feel its greatest, to prevent aging, all of it. And it is also simultaneously eliminating everything that is unnecessary, toxins, all kinds of things that we do not want nor need. So that's a healthy gut. Now let's move into a non-healthy gut, <laughs> <laughs> which I know yeah. you, as yes. a nutritionist, you experience a lot of your clients coming to you
1: with, with gut issues, or maybe they don't even know that it's a gut issue, right? Right. A lot of them think it's normal. That was very well said, by the way. Thank Excellent, you. Excellent. Thank I love you. how much you know about this stuff. And... Um, Yeah, it can get really complex. So you just really drilled it down. Then the the unhealthy gut, like you said, a lot of patients come to me and they just want to lose weight or they just Mm -hmm. want to um, up their endurance or, you know, their strength. And then we look at their gut and they're not having even one bowel movement a day or they're having diarrhea, which is loose stools, you guys, or having to go to the bathroom too urgently or too often. They have Farting. Yeah, farting. Everybody says farting's normal. Farting, if it smells really foul, is not normal. Yeah. Having too much hydrogen or methane gas in your gut and having to release it all the time, it's really not normal. It, it might be common, but it's not normal healthy function. So um, IBS. Um, what else? Are, so I hear reflux often. I hear acidity in my stomach. I hear... The, the worst things are like Crohn's and colitis, but almost, I would say 80% of the people I see have something like that regarded related to their gut, yeah. that hiccups, burping, all that kind of stuff is because there's a problem in the gut with your microbiome, your microbiota, your digestive system. Your elimination and yeah. your
0: assimilation, all, right?
1: Your assimilation, which is also like, think of it as your body is not only absorbing nutrients, but it's actually taking what you eat and creating nutrients in your body that your body needs to use. Like that's how smart it is. And then all of this, these nutrients and this information goes to run your brain. Right. And that's a whole, we're going to get to that because that's, there's so much to talk about. So brilliant.
0: Yeah. And I think that also some, a lot of people don't realize that they have gut issues because like you said, they feel like it's normal. Um, Or that, you know, to have a gut issue, it needs to be something that's, you know, very kind of intense, like it could be, art. you know, let me say it like this. Chronic fatigue, for example, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just so tired. Brain fog. Like people don't realize that that is directly connected to your gut. They just, exactly. you know, go about right. their day thinking like, why am I so foggy? Why am I so tired? It's like, because there's gut issues and you don't exactly. know about it. So it's rad that, you know, science is now digging deeper into gut health, Because I feel like it it creates this opportunity for people to go, oh, shit, it's not just me. It's not just like, I just feel this way. It's not an emotional thing. No, it's biology. So, yeah. Um, Other things I think are important to know are just that, you know, even arthritis, things like that. So, you know, skin issues.
1: All inflammatory issues all because of the chemical process that happens when your gut is not healthy all every like now they're saying diabetes and um every kind like you said rheumatoid arthritis and every kind of inflammatory disease cancer all that stuff now is being linked now that we know there's a microbiome and we know more about what it's doing we know that right it's so important to optimal health so so maybe a good
0: bridge from there is to discuss what microbiome is and i know that we've you know, kind of touched upon it in, you know, recent podcasts that we've had together. Um, But it is a big subject. It's almost like it could be a whole podcast in of itself. Um, But microbiome, also known as microbiota, is essentially the bacteria that lives in our small intestine. Um, And basically it's like, I call it the army, right? It's our army that is protecting our absolute well-being. It literally communicates to our brain, which means that it's affecting our decision-making process, our emotional well-being, all of it. So I want to kind of break apart what I just said and get into the details a little bit more, but, you know, microbiome is something that, again, is kind of relatively new to most people, um, but it is becoming more of kind of a trendy word out there. And, you know it's essentially your gut bacteria right yes so okay so gut bacteria the one thing that the bacteria in your gut your microbiome needs to survive is fiber yes it is the it is what they need it's not they're not it's not the protein it's not the fat it is fiber so when your microbiome is thriving, your microbiome is creating short chain fatty acids. And that is going to protect your stomach lining. When your microbiome is not getting the fiber that it needs, again, it's like the food for your gut bacteria. A couple things happen, but primarily the the big oh shit part that happens (laughs) is your microbiome starts to eat the lining of your stomach which is only a cell thick so it's super thin and you need that protection from your gut to the rest of your body because your um your uh what's that? sorry your immune system your immune system doesn't know the difference between good bacteria and bad bacteria when your immune system senses bacteria because now your gut has issues the gut lining is not strong autoimmune disease. Exactly. All kinds exactly. of, it's like the alarm goes off
1: mm-hmm.
0: and all kinds of things that you don't want start to happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then I just wanted to say real quick, cause it is, I hear it often referred to as microbiome and microbiota interchangeably. Mm-hmm. There is a, a slight difference okay. and that's confuses a lot of people. So I get asked this a lot. The microbiome is more, um, after we did the human genomic project and we got all our, our genes done, we mapped them. They then they mapped the the genes in the gut. Okay. So microbiome microbiome is almost like the instructions for how to deal with the food that we eat, and okay. it's more of the whole community okay. that exists in microbiota. Now, and this, this science we get it in little pieces, and is a new. Like I didn't know this stuff when I became a nutritionist because nobody knew it. But yeah. the microbiota is more the actual bacteria, the viruses, the fungus, everything that is in there already. And then the stuff that we can actually add to our system. So it's it's not a huge difference, but I think people get confused when they're reading a study or something, one versus the other. Okay, so,
0: cool. I yeah, love that. You, otherwise,
1: yeah. you put that all really, really well. and. Thanks. Sorry. I, yeah.
0: Uh, no. So I think that's that's important because again, yeah, like this stuff is to be complicated, more and, more and the whole specific goal specific is to it. make this as clear as possible, mm-hmm. so it's really, really, um, you know, easy to absorb. But yeah, you guys, most Americans, I think, are getting like 16 grams of fiber a day, which is so gnarly, if, and it's if n- even if I mean, yeah, that's. I think less. Really? Because I I read a study that said sixteen, but yeah, I mean I I look at people's diets
1: all day, Roxy. Some of them do not eat a vegetable for weeks, and I don't include like a little bit of corn on your lettuce, on your iceberg lettuce. To me, typically, I mean technically, there's some fiber in that, yeah, but nothing there. Corn and iceberg lettuce are feeding your microbiome or your microbiota anything good. Yeah. So, so here's yeah.
0: the great that's such a great point and mm-hmm. it got me now thinking in two different directions. One all relative mm-hmm. though. Yeah. Um, you know when you think about so fiber food your microbiome lives in your small intestine right? Mm-hmm. And food that is let's just say carbohydrates. So right. we have complex carbs we have simple carbs. Right. Complex carbs are the things that are harder to break down. There's Fiber in it, insoluble fiber, soluble fiber, that goes down, mostly insoluble, that goes down to the small intestine and is able to feed the microbiome, right? Right. Whereas, like, a simple carbohydrate, so think sugar, candy, dairy even high sugary fruits, and bread, bread yeah. which is like cake basically. Um, yeah. You know, that is, it doesn't reach your small intestine. There's no, there's no real fiber content in it. Right.
1: So it's essentially just bombing your gut. Um, it coats the, the gut and, and keeps you from actually digesting and making the other nutrients that you need to you make. Need. So it just causes junk in there. Yeah. So
0: you need to be eating fiber. Number one, diverse types of fiber which we're going to get into mm-hmm. um and making sure that you know these fibrous foods you know are able to feed your microbiome which are able to go through the large intestine and get to the small intestine where the microbiome is so yeah i think that's really important Excellent to point
1: Excellent. yeah i mean everybody wants to take probiotics now which we will get to but yeah what you eat is the number one most important thing, and people will try to sell you stuff till the cows come home to fix your microbiome and yeah. your gut, but honestly, none of these, a lot of these products didn't exist 20, 30 years ago, but there were people with healthy guts before we started eating so many processed foods. In so.
0: Africa, I think it was somebody did a study, and um, you know they, I don't know how recent the study was, uh-huh. but I think just in general, overall, you know... Yeah. Um, they are eating like 45, upwards 60 grams of fiber, right? right. So they're... Plants. They're Well, plants, nuts, even like the... Yeah. Uh, what is it? I read it was like...
1: Not twigs, but there's... A root that they eat. Thank you. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, that's plant fiber. To me, roots and nuts are plants. But, totally. Yeah. You're right. Thank mm-hmm. you. And then they're obviously
0: like... They have more bowel movements mm-hmm. because of it. But... You know it's it's the
1: diet so that's the thing like and, yeah we're gonna get and africans are exposed to so many um infections that we are not and they are oh yeah really whole... strong and we are not and it's 100 percent what they eat
0: no totally it's so true and also and this kind of takes us into a rabbit hole a bit but it's also like their dirt you know the bacteria like, like we are dirt. an over sanitized
1: oh, and here's it is too like our babies should be born with the right amount of um, probiotics like in, automatically because yeah. the birth canal, it should go into their mouth and their eyes. We have a microbiome in our mouth and in our eyes and in our yeah. rear end, and we have a bunch of little microbiomes and yeah. microbiota. So our babies should be born with the exact good bacteria that we have as the mom, and it's always different. It's specific to where we live and the things we're exposed to. Yeah. But a lot of times, either that doesn't happen or through breastfeeding, they can also get a little bit more of our healthy bacteria. Right. And if the mom doesn't have it, then the babies don't have it, or if they're not... They're not a natural birth if they're cesarean right. birth, and so, and that happens. Yeah. I mean, I'm a cesarean. Right. My, all it's, my siblings are. Right. We actually, yeah, it's but and you it's, can you can still go back and put some of it back, but not the. And I wasn't breastfed, but you can't put that natural inoculation. Oh back no, in. totally. It's so Yet. valuable, and yeah. you know,
0: unfortunately, yeah. not every woman is able yeah. to give natural birth. Right. But then it's you know that being the case, you know, there's ways. Um, to To support healthy microbiome Absolutely. through your diet, I mean your diet's diet everything is that, again. Uh, yeah,
1: eighty percent of like, it, ninety percent. We're
0: gonna get into probiotics and all that, but you know mm-hmm. that was such a great point. And I mean, again, it goes back to what's the number one thing that they thrive off of? It's fiber, right? And where do you get your fiber from? And I'm not talking about you know Metamucil or like whatever. Like <laughs> I'm talking right. about like what did we before we hit record? You know, thinking about the concept of um, I think you mentioned broccoli. Yes. How many grams of fiber are in a cup of broccoli? About two grams of fiber in one cup of broccoli. Two grams of fiber yeah. in one cup of broccoli. Okay.
1: So and what was you, the recommended?
0: Uh, the recommended is, oh, a ve- cups of vegetables?
1: or Recommended grams of fiber per oh, woman. So and right now, man, I think
0: the recommended um, is 25 mm-hmm. to 30. And I think yeah. it varies men and mm-hmm. women in age, but I mean, yeah. overall right now. It's, it's the recommendation is um, of, of your daily fiber intake is twenty five to 30, 30 grams. But to me, <laughs> yeah, how many comes with broccoli? Exactly. I, I mean, there's greens and there's you know avocado has a lot of broccoli. We'll get into some food yeah. stuff later too. But um, and I think that it's, it's also important to to make a difference in you know there's like the daily recommended you know amount and right. then there's optimal right. So we don't, yeah the RDI never
1: optimal. Like very low. Well.
0: I personally, as someone who is an, a complete lover of high performance, who is in the, you know, my day to day life is just constantly in pursuit of extending health span. So having more robust years of health in my life, right? Um, and in order for me to do that, I'm not looking at the baseline of these like basic levels. I'm looking at like what's what's normal and then thinking about, okay, well, what's great? So what's optimal, yeah. right? So just to put it in perspective, you guys, my diet, because I've tracked for a long time, because I, I do like tracking, you know, that's a whole nother subject, but you know, it really taught me a lot about, you know, how much protein, how much fiber, what yeah. is my fat intake, and really get a good snapshot so I'm able, like Julie just said, I don't think most people will know that there's only two grams of fiber in one cup of broccoli. So you might think, oh, I'm doing, you know, I'm I'm eating my vegetables. I had a cup of broccoli with my dinner, but that was only two grams of fiber, you know? And if the rest of the food is similar to an American diet, like, you know, white bread and things like that, like your microbiome is suffering. It's not able to Get what it needs to thrive and then go back to what I said about eating the cell lining, you know, of your gut and then leaky gut. And then all the issues start to slowly or
1: sometimes fastly, but definitely unfold. So, yeah. yeah <laughs> like, and, and people think that's age. Like, I'm turning 30 and I just can't stop gaining weight and I'm getting stomach issues and I'm getting tired and I can't work out anymore. Or I'm turning forty. Yeah. It, and, our, and sometimes our medical system will lead us to believe, oh, that just happens as we get older. That's bullshit. We should be strong as long as we're here because we the problem is we're longer and longer eating foods that are not adequate and not optimum for what we need. And then if we're not pooping every day, we're building up toxins. In our, like, and I don't mean like that you need a cleanse or a detox for. I just mean you're getting more and more toxic, and your brain is now not getting all the super connections that it needs through the vagus nerve from the gut to the brain. So there's a good,
0: yeah. this just came to my mind, mm-hmm. but if you feel like shit, it's probably for a good reason (laughs) (laughs) exactly it's It's probably because you need to like get rid of it because the elimination part of your gut is not able to perform on a level that you need to feel great you know so that's really important that was just yeah it's really really important
1: (laughs) and on that note like everybody loves like they know they feel better after they have a good poop usually right like yeah, I'm really seeing it could be metaphorical. Oh, no, like, yeah. I mean, I know, yeah. I have some I friends that feel poop. like, me, I mean, yeah.
0: honestly, I don't, I mean, I pay attention, but I, I'm going to sound like a poop snob, but I don't have to, I'm not like, oh, that was a great one because yeah. it's normal. They're always great. It's exactly. like yeah. normal. It's, you yeah. know, definitely at, it's like two to three times a day. Um, and always, yeah, always, yeah. always, always. I mean, you're right. eating like, you it know, I be. eat. Right. I I eat between two to three meals a day, or sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just two bigger meals and maybe like a little snack in between or something. So, you know, when I'm eating, there's gonna be, again, elimination that's soon to follow, right? And there has
1: to be, you guys. If you're eating three times a day, you should be pooping three times a day, not too long after your meal, right. maybe an hour, maybe three, but closer is better. And it's not that meal, though. It's a couple meals back, like certain amount of hours back, depending on your motility and your system. But your metabolism. If, if you're eating three meals and you're not pooping it more than once, there's a problem. You're yeah. definitely looking at some sort of a problem. and. People used to think I was crazy, but now they're starting to believe me. Your poop should not smell disgusting. I know it's poop, and I know it's well known for not smelling great. It should not smell terrible because it really should have no smell. And that's when you know that you're getting enough fiber and you're getting healthy. If you do have to pass gas, it shouldn't run everyone out of the room. If it smells like something died in there, then I think you need to get some help because it's not it, that is not normal. It's very common, especially I, the little kids, maybe because they just walk around announcing that they're, you know, farting and do it all the time. <laughs> but it's not normal. And when I start working with people, that's the first thing they notice is they start pooping every day and they stop. The parents even tell me. It with the kids oh my god my house doesn't stink anymore or oh my the god, wife will so say funny. it about the husband or the people tell me themselves yeah. like I'm not embarrassed at work anymore right. so that's not normal so it's common but that just because something's common doesn't make it normal
0: yeah well I know like a lot of people too in the fitness world it's like you know protein can lead yes. right it's yeah. <laughs>
1: This is such a sub- <laughs> sexy subject, you guys. But, oh, the digestive enzymes to handle oh, it yeah. and too much protein. Oh. yeah, I know. It turns That's, to ammonia and oy. Oh, yeah.
0: right, not yeah. So just
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: Which, In yeah. In summary of that part of the sexy topic, yeah. just pay attention. You know, if if it's something that isn't, if it's you know. Overwhelming. Yeah. So maybe that's the best and, word
1: to use. That's a signal
0: for then, us that something's wrong. That's so great. Yeah. I love that. We should it's never signaling. smell bad.
1: Even BO. We should not have horrible BO, you guys. It's just not, it doesn't have to be a part of our lives and our experience. That is toxins and that is just stuff going rancid and that, in your that's body. that's direct, that's connected to, to our gut, gut as well. And your digestion and your assimilation. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so
0: rad. Warm. It's so amazing how. Everything is really connected to the gut, right? you know, but right. again, it makes so much sense. Like going back to the idea that fact actually that, you know, what goes into our body is not actually in yet. You know, it's exactly. this processing system that says you go here, you go here, you stay here, you do this. So brilliant. It's so crazy. Oh, I know yeah. it's amazing, right? That's right. why this subject is so fascinating it's- to me. So one thing that I want to go back to because I think that it's actually really important to kind of dissect is this whole concept of leaky gut. Cuz I think um so what what I've been hearing actually is that a lot of doctors have kind of even rolled their eyes at this mm-hmm. leaky gut like they're like as if it doesn't exist. But now with more and more science proving So many, you know, how the gut health is so important and what, you know, microbiome and all this stuff. There's more doctors who are actually paying attention to it and giving it its due credit that, you know, it's an actual thing. Can you um, break down what leaky gut is and... sure. Sure. The most important parts about it.
1: Leaky gut, I learned about like 20 years ago with functional medicine. <laughs> that wasn't me, the chair.
0: The chairs make noise, guys. <laughs> Sorry, so just putting that. <laughs> yeah.
1: So um, leaky gut is also called intestinal permeability. Basically, it's your gut lining is no longer intact. So... Your, your gut should have these, these junctions of where it's, it's really strong and it's actually like a garden to grow all those good bacteria and your microbiota. Now, when we are overrun with uh, the unhealthy bacteria, a lot of these things actually destroy that mucosal lining. Mm-hmm. Um, gluten destroys the mucosal lining. We've got intestinal villi there that are like these little nutrient absorbers. And when we're eating all these processed foods, and um, things that are hard that disrupt that that lining, we get tiny little microscopic tears that really can't be seen with the naked eye until too late. But when you're digesting your food, whole molecules or whatever you've eaten, whole molecules of any type of food, whatever you put in your body, can get into your bloodstream and your body thinks it's a foreign invader. like Just like it would if it was a virus, or an infection, or anything else, whatever. It creates antigens mm-hmm. to that specific food. So now you're reacting to wheat, or you're reacting to strawberries, or you're, re- I see it all the time, like almonds. I test my patients and almonds comes up off the chart. Well, she's having almond milk every day, and mm-hmm. then she's eating almonds for a snack. Is she really allergic to almonds? No, but she's now sensitive because she has this leaky gut. Leaky gut, also called intestinal permeability, basically is also looked at now as endotoxemia because the end products of the molecules of what you're eating in your body become toxic. The, your body thinks it's a toxic or a, like a pathogenic yeah. invader. And then you start building up more and more inflammatory cytokines which now is what now they're tying into all of these inflammatory diseases that we mentioned earlier: diabetes, um, migraines are caused. I have one girl this last week who had headaches all the time when she ate oatmeal, and she cut out oatmeal, still had the headaches, and because it was the almond milk, and she also quinoa. Quinoa instantly gave her a headache. Quinoa showed up as a two or a three on her. Or sensitivity test which is directly measuring the antibodies and there's a lot of times you can't even measure the problems that are going on but you when you get rid of these foods long enough you heal up the the gut and then you actually Stop reacting to all these foods.
0: So wait, one question: Was she? Was it her gut um, not being strong, the cell lining, or was it the actual food? I just want to. It's the gut not
1: being strong enough. It is not the food. It
0: wasn't the actual almond milk. It was the fact that there was permeability in her gut lining, and
1: not just permeability, but also now her body has all these antigens to almonds. Oh yeah, cool. Now the body treats almonds as if it's a flu virus.
0: I see what you're saying. See? Yeah, that's, that's so amazing. And that can happen with
1: eggs. That can happen yeah. with... Like, the test I do does a bunch of spices. It does condiments and spices because everybody was leaving those out for a while. Yeah. And I have people eating a ton of garlic on their food. Yeah. And they would re- react into garlic powder. That's so Because amazing. they ate it every day. Basically... The foods that probably are irritating you are the foods you're eating the most of and eating most often because your body's building up, uh, if you have leaky gut, because your body's building up a higher antibody response.
0: Too. That's so cool to understand because I've heard <laughs> before that, I've heard parts of that, mm-hmm. but now I've just drawn the connection where um, I've also heard um, that, you know, if you're eating, let's just say you're just eating almonds, we'll use that yeah. as an example, like constantly, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it's the way that I heard it before, or maybe it was just not like fluid the way that you just said was, um, it's almost like, oh, because the quantity of almonds that you've been eating over time has now generated this issue. Whereas it's not necessarily that it's, it's like a two way scenario. Most importantly, first being that there's permeability in the gut that then released Pieces right. of this food into your bloodstream, and now your body's like, right.
1: "This because is." Think about it. There, there are certain foods we should be eating all the time. And right. I this one girl showed up for every vegetable being a one, which is there. In my test, they go from a one to three. And what a lot of practitioners, you guys, if you bought it a, a, a food sensitivity test online or from a newer practitioner or somebody who tells you, "Okay, you just cut all those foods out." Yeah. If it's more than three or four foods, that's BS because you're cutting you're now restricting your diet down to too many too much especially if it's vegetables you don't want to be cutting those out for too long and too many of them the problem is you're going to cut out some for a small period of time and there's a way to do that a prioritize them mm-hmm. and then you're going to fix your gut and then you will be able to eat those foods again. It's not like that's you so can cool. never eat those again. Yeah, right. that's, so, that's so valuable so valuable. Yeah, you to didn't know use up that. your quota of almonds in your life. That, <laughs> right? I know. That's I'm such like, a great way to put it. That was actually one of yeah. the questions I got when we asked for questions on this microbiome. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, oh, that's um, so cool. I found out I'm allergic to these four foods. Can I never eat them again? Yeah. And the answer is if you're allergic, which is an IgE immune response, you can never eat those again. Because that's like an anaphylone lactic peanut real allergy so as far as we know you don't ever want to play around with those but if you're sensitive and it's even high on a just a sensitivity test first of all make sure it's accurate and that somebody has looked at it who knows what they're doing but at some point once you fix the underlying problem you can eat those foods again so that's great too to point out there
0: is a major difference between food sensitivity and an actual food allergy yes, and i think difference. that there's like that term is, I think it gets messy yeah, these used days. used
1: interchangeably a lot. Right. A lot. And that's why doctors like poo-poo because a lot of them, <laughs> they're like, you know, that's BS. You're not reacting to all those foods. You're not allergic to all those foods. And when people go, my stomach's, something's happening. I'm getting migraines every day. I think I'm having a food allergy. And then they do the scratch test on your skin. Yeah. Or even the blood test and don't see any IgEs. That's why. Because you need to test for IgGs. But they're not understanding that a lot of them because IgGs typically isn't an allergy. IgGs is a pathogen. It's a, it's a virus. It's a bacteria. It's oh wow. Yeah. Herpes. It's AIDS. It's something like that. Yeah. And now it's food because that's how our body is reacting to it because that's, our guts unhealthy.
0: That's so cool.
1: Crazy, right? Oh my gosh. I know, I love so it. cool.
0: <laughs> you guys still with us? It's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for breaking that down. Sure. I think that's so important. And I think that, you know, another part of it is, um, that a lot of people don't realize that they have leaky gut and again this goes back to like right. you don't have to have some major a major issue going on for it to be you know for that to be the case for you to have leaky gut um i want to get into actually later we're going to go through like ways to test if you have yeah. leaky gut we'll, yeah. we'll get down and, to that but
1: yeah and just so you know if you do have some sort of a, a serious chronic fatigue autism um arthritis any of those really fibromyalgia you probably I would say 90% have a leaky gut yeah and we can talk about testing but I don't even test anymore because they're expensive I assume that you do and I go ahead and fix it unless my patients are like no I want to see the results then I'll do it okay yeah there are tests you can do because that because otherwise how would you really assess
0: then to know by
1: how they're by 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 the symptoms By what's going on with their body. It's so prevalent these days. It's so... And a lot of that is because of the disruptors that we're probably going to talk about later. The GMOs, the glyphosate, gluten, all these fake foods that just kill our gut lining. Yeah. And then that's why so many people have mood and brain issues
0: perfect. Great segue. I I really want (laughs) to, go, woman. (laughs) I want to, um, well, I just think it's so important to talk about the vagus nerve, also known as the brain gut access. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so there's a few things I want to say about this. Okay. So the vagus nerve is the longest cranial nerve in our body. Um, it, it, it's, there's a book that I, um, I just read not that long ago, um, that I'm so in love with by the name of fuck your feelings and it's so you know it's it's there's a whole podcast with the author I'm not sure when you know this podcast is coming out or when that so maybe that's already been out yet. um so but the the one thing that I want to point out is that okay let me let me let me make this really kind of digestible and simple so before I knew anything about all the stuff we're talking about the biology right and I got really deep into you know Health and pursuing, you know, health span, extended mm-hmm. health span, all that. The, my logical, the logical part of my brain understood this, or understood it like this: food directly affects my nervous system. When you and I first met, we had this talk, and you were like, mm-hmm. "Oh my gosh, that's so cool!" Like nobody's ever explained it, so I'm going to finish my sentence. Mm-hmm. So, food affects um, my nervous system, right? It affects Ooh. my feelings, yeah. and that's my emotions, and that's going to directly not only affect, obviously, how I feel, it's going to direct how I make decisions, How oh, what yeah. dictates my choices, right? So, and this is, again, before I read the book, before I needed the science, it was just a very kind of one plus one is two, I think because I just innately understand, I guess, that, that you know we are a system of systems. Or when I woke up to this, it was so logical for me to understand that, like, yeah, anything that goes in is going to affect that part, and then that's going to affect my decision-making process. Mm-hmm. So, in the book "Fuck Your Feelings," um, Ryan mentions a um, he mentions the fact that science is now proven that that is the case that majority of our decisions are based from an emotional place. Yep, no doubt. So you think now back to the uh, vagus nerve and brain gut access. So what is going on in our gut is communicating by way of our vagus nerve brain gut access to our brain. And then that goes into the whole like subject of brain health. Right. So again, there's so many reasons, obviously, and we're pointing out, a lot of them right now, why it's so important to have a healthy gut. But even if you just focus on that, you guys, like, whoa, I want to be more clear in my life. I want to make the best possible decisions that I can make for myself when I'm a mother, that I can, you know, make for my family. All of that boils down to what I'm eating or what I'm not eating straight up. Like that's it's 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 science it's not an idea it's not it's it's not spiritual it's not it's, it's like proven. it's proven yeah. sorry about these chairs again so <laughs> um so the last you know so let me i'm going to just kind of expand on that a little bit more just to say that you know i firmly believe that the reason why i do live with a lot of clarity and my clarity is continuously expanding mm-hmm. In addition to being a very conscious and present human, I I so connect those dots together because my diet is not filled with those disruptors. It's right. not full of chemicals. It's pure. I'm a purist. Mm-hmm. So you got to think like... And I'm also... It's not just the purity. It's not like, oh, I just eat a salad and it's all good. No, I'm like, I'm literally thinking about my fiber content, you know, my healthy fats. I'm thinking about everything that is going to, A, optimize the health of my gut. And, you know, that then bridges to overall optimal health, right? So, and in that, like, because I am making sure that that is my diet, which to be honest, it's like, there's really not that much brain work that goes into it these days. Um, because it's just so, such a natural, it's, yeah. it's lifestyle, yeah. but it really, it really does affect, you know, me being able to be here and be present and make stronger decisions. And, and I'm getting deep cause you guys know that that's <laughs> where I live. But like, even on that subject of just getting deep, like self connection, mm-hmm. the, uh, my ability to have a very profound connection with myself, my highest self. Hundred percent. I'm going to connect that to my diet. Okay. If I was, you know, inf- infected with foods that were just totally getting in the way, hurting my gut, hurt not, you know, creating the processes that I need in my body to generate this kind of, you know, health essentially, then I, I, there's no way. I and I here's here's the last bit of my rant. The reason why I can say this so firmly at 40 years old is because. I wasn't always eating this way. Mm -hmm. And I almost kind of really value that. As great as it would be to be a human that, you know, came out of the womb and like was already on this path, kind of really love that I know the difference of McDonald's versus kale and wild salmon. Mm -hmm. Because anecdotally, I can tell you that I know the difference of feeling not that great, not that clear, not emotionally as stable, all of that stuff, versus feeling like fucking kicking ass. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was a rant.
1: It's okay. It was it was 100% like right on. I mean, and and we're not I'm not saying that you guys have to eat perfect all the time. What we're we're just want for me, I want my patients and the people who hear this to just strive to do a little better because you have more More knowledge. And of course, I want you to do much better. But um, if there's, we're going to get to simple things you can do to get to where, you know, Roxy is with her diet and to where I eat with my diet. And I don't eat perfect all the time. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry.
0: I don't even, the word perfect bothers me straight up. Yeah, me too. And the reason why is because we're not, what is perfect? Well, clean, clean, clean. Let's say clean. Well, I think that it's important. Here's, we're we're keeping it so raw. and... Here's the thing. Let's not, let's like just be straight to the point. Listen, if you want to live your greatest life, if mm-hmm. you want to feel like your greatest self, yes, I am an advocate, especially through my life being a proof, baby steps. Mm-hmm. But this concept of like, I don't, I don't buy into it. And, and you know what? Argue me all day long. Anybody. Oh, it's called balance. Like I'm gonna eat like this, and then I'm gonna have this. Like, no, well, I, is that balance or is it's it just? A good point. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't connect with that because, I mean, if you want to feel good, then fucking feel good and right. do what it takes to yeah. feel good. And and here's, you don't have to. And I think that this is really where mm-hmm. you're going with it. Yeah. No, it's not this like okay, go through your cabinets and like it's an immediate elimination of everything that you're connect. No, it's a process. And you're so good about that with your clients. Like you walk them through the process. It's like you dance with them Mm -hmm. and you like help them incorporate these things and then eliminate those things. But it's just the reason why I wanted to point out the word perfect is because it bothers me because (laughs) I know that oftentimes people can look at me and think like, oh, it's so extreme. Yeah. I'm not extreme. This right. is a lifelong process, right. and if you're not evolving, mm-hmm. and I'm, and I'm addicted to progress,
1: uh-huh.
0: then what do you, you I know? Agree. And everyone has a different idea. Yeah. There's just no judgment yeah. here. It's yeah. just that word's a trigger for
1: well, me. It, sorry, sorry, to trigger. <laughs> no, <you. laughs> it took you a long time to get here. Though. It oh, took yes. you a while. So for people who are just like living on fast food or living yes. on iceberg lettuce salads as their only fiber to To go straight to kale and and you know, wild salmon and and the stuff that we eat our yeah. smoothies is a lot. So um, and a lot of my patients, uh, you got to remember how long I've been doing this. When I first started, people think it was nuts. The like stuff I would say make a smoothie like without fruit in it, and they'd be like, "What What is a smoothie without fruit in it? Like I don't. I'm like a protein. That's so true. What is that? Like wow. they didn't even have cliff bars when I started. That wasn't a thing. So yeah. To get people from there to where, you know, they want to be, you do have to sometimes take baby steps and say, yes. I'm not saying that everything you eat has to be clean. I'm not saying you have to change everything overnight, but you you want to start knowing the stuff that we're laying out for you guys so that you can move towards having a cleaner diet and she and her point roxy's point was and i agree with a hundred percent because remember i started my practice in psych the psych field which was working with kids with mental health issues even in that hospital i could see that food affected them more than the meds and more than anything else that they were any in other intervention the food was making a bigger impact because the behavior would start relation in relation to the time in what they ate so yeah. I agree so cool. with you that I know that I, I a lot of my ability to write and ability to speak and ability to work with people and be level-headed and have yes. a good disposition because I don't think I'm naturally a super like calm nice person. I'm kind of bitchy, like, <laughs> you know. I am like it's so my, real. My ability it. to like be so like patient with my my yeah. people I work with is because I gave my body what it needed that day and that's only something I've learned over the years with trial and error but I agree with you a hundred percent in the end but the methods might be
0: no totally and I mean we're in alignment with that like again I, I do believe that this whole thing like you want to have a healthier gut it's a process. Lifestyle, you guys, is a yeah. process. I just, yeah, it's, it's you know, the idea of, you know, there really is no such thing as perfect. And, and this goes back to, you know, our last episode. It's like everything is so personalized. And mm-hmm. yeah, no one's telling you that you can't ever have a cupcake if you want to. But it's just considering, you know, what is the end goal? If it's to continuously, you know, be adding robust years of your life while you're living your life and feeling great in the process and, you know, all of that, you know, for you to perform great, to look great. Well, then, you know, forgetting about the idea of perfect or non-perfect and just thinking more about, like, what is is this benefiting me or is this not? Right. And then maybe approaching it from exactly. that perspective. How
1: is this meal, when I'm putting in my mouth, going to serve me? Totally. Or is it going to be health destroying? And that's exactly... The most important thing that I ask my my patients and people I talk to to start just thinking before you put a meal in your mouth, how is it going to affect you? And if it does, if you don't know, then that's where you got to start is learning that. That's right? so important.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, I, it, yeah. just to kind of note on that for a minute. Yeah. Recently, I was somewhere and somebody was sitting down with the, um, the group of people and, you know, he had brought this, I don't know, this it was like a cup full of, it looked like a hummus or something. I don't okay. know. Anyways. Yeah. And he, you know, he dips it and he he's like, oh, this is good. And we're like, what is that? And he goes, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> and I just thought about that for a second. I'm not judging. I'm observing. I'm just thinking. I'm like, shit. Yeah. I don't know. Scary. It's an interesting concept, right? So like you want to know what you're putting in uh, your body. I do. <laughs> Right? Yeah.
1: yeah. I ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Just talking about that. Even it's... in the nicest restaurant, I ask a lot of questions. And if it's really dark in there, I put my phone light on and look at what I'm <laughs> eating. That's amazing. They thought I was crazy last <laughs> night, but I'm like, I am going to look and see before I put that in my mouth. <laughs> That's amazing. No, it's so important. Yeah. I yeah. think it would be normal. And then on the, the vagus nerve, I just wanted to mention too that so your microbiome. Um, and everything that's going on in there goes to your brain and controls the, neuro, the neurotransmitters, the chemicals.
0: Ooh, let's talk about neurotransmitters.
1: That's so important. Yes, but real quick so I don't yeah. forget and then we'll go back to neurotransmitters. It also then, feed. it's a feedback loop like all of our other systems run, our hormones, our endocrine system. Then the newest science is showing that then that goes back around and controls our digestion and our gastric secretions to help us digest the next meal better that's to amazing. make the neurochemicals ch- that we need. And then it also controls our endocrine and our nervous systems. So now they're they're just, uh, we all, I suspected this. I'm not going to say we all suspected this, but a lot of us suspected that this was happening. There just wasn't any proof because there was no money to be made in this kind of a discovery. Right. But now there is, there's functional medicine and there's clinics and stuff that are studying it. So wow. that's like amazing. That's a big and deal. It's, a, it's huge, It's right? this
0: big loop. Right. That's it's all.
1: a big loop and it starts in the gut and then it, we used to think the brain controlled everything. We were convinced that our right. brain was the most important organ or the heart one time we thought they're all important, but the gut, the gut and those those microbiota, those bugs and, mm-hmm. and what they do in those genetics and how they code and how they tell our bodies what to do is the most important. So then we have to go in the gut and start fixing the gut and make sure that digestion is optimized and that intake in our food is optimized and yeah. elimination.
0: Totally. I mean, yeah. and just to go into, um, such a great point, so powerful. Um, system of systems, right? Yes. Um, all these systems. You know, I uh, serotonin. Yeah. I just want to point on that exactly. Just like that. that one neurotransmitter. So serotonin is like the feel good hormone, one right? Of the, one. one. The, yeah.
1: It's a, it's also yeah. the secure and safe hormone. Everything's it's good. I'm fine. I'm calm. When you lack serotonin you're more uh, anxious, you're more, and it's not a specific anxiety, it's more of like, I just know something's going to go wrong. I forgot to do something. I'm not doing something well enough. It's
0: just your energy overall is um, anxious.
1: Anxious, insomnia. Yeah. Waking up at like, can't fall asleep or waking up at 2, 3 a.m. every night. That's Mm. all lack of serotonin and melatonin.
0: Yes. I love it. You said that because serotonin is the precursor to melatonin, which supports, you know, healthy sleep. Yes. And majority of our serotonin is created in the gut. In the gut. gut.
1: Right. So, dopamine.
0: And dopamine, which is like... Which is
1: the the pleasure, the the feel-good. You can get it from sex. You can get it from shopping. You You can can get get it from food. You can get it from hugging someone you care for. And by the way, you guys, all these things, these um, dopamine, serotonin, GABA, all these good, you know, neurohormones are also... That's what these scientists that Roxy mentioned in our first podcast that are sitting in these food companies trying to develop a way for us to want foods more and to be addicted to these foods that's what they're designed to do is to to hit these these neurotransmitters to give us a dose of dopamine a dose of serotonin to like Flood us! When oh, my you,
0: God. That's yeah. so Isn't that, rad that you just yeah, pointed that out.
1: Chills. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I know. I my well, myself it, chills. <laughs> oh, God. I suck. Sorry. No. <laughs> I do it too
0: all the time. No, but that's such a great... I love that you pointed that out yeah. because it, it kind of illustrates it. Oh, that's how it gets done. Yep. That's Those why you can't eat more than... You can't not eat more than one chip. Exactly. Because they're literally going after... They understand mm-hmm. how it works. Right. They know that, ooh... If we can trigger these neurotransmitters, then oh, yeah. they legit can't yeah. not have one chip. Oh, yeah. They're going to keep having more and having They're, more. They measure That's it so in powerful. mice,
1: and then they also test it in people. So yeah, That's they ridiculous. They measure it, the chemicals in mice, and then they test it in people. How does that mouth feel? Do you feel like you, you want to eat more of those or more of this one? Wow. I know. It's terrifying. That's though. shady. And then it's so shady. And then those are the foods, those Overprocessed, highly processed, simple carbohydrates, like you talked about, yeah. are the ones that are just destroying our digestive system. And yeah. then, big pharma—not ha- to sound too conspiracy theorist—but big pharma has a solution when our guts start acting up, which is always the antacids and the proton pump inhibitors, and those things that then further shut down our digestion and cause the whole problem to be worse. And then, those people. Are depressed and anxious all of a sudden, and they don't know why, mm. and that's because they're they're not making those neurotransmitters, and yeah. they wind up in antidepressants. Which incidentally now um, proton so like Xantac, I believe it is either one of those H two blockers or one of those proton pump inhibitors is now doubling as an antidepressant because they figured out that it does both. Wow. And there's no surprise there, right? Because it's it's temporarily doing both. And then the newest study shows that later on down the line, it affects you're going to have less serotonin. So it actually blocks the reuptake, but then your body's making less, which is the problem with all of those reuptake inhibitors. And I'm not against medication, you guys. When I'm like have a serious infection, malaria, or it's, you know, any kind of a serious bacterial infection, I want a medication, I want an antibiotic. I want pain meds, I want a surgeon, like I'm all for Western medicine when it's doing acute care and things that I really need that it does well. What it does not do well is it doesn't go and look at the root cause and it doesn't talk about our diet and it doesn't help us back out of these long cascades of, so now this person is on not only on gut meds, they're on depressant meds you know mood meds and then they're on whatever viagra and then they're on cholesterol it's like a cocktail of just right it's one symptom one band-aid after another and that's how we've become a really obese and really sick and over medicated nation
0: damn it all goes back to the gut exactly
1: it does (laughs) and it really goes back to what we're eating we don't have to buy hardly any of these products if we stop eating foods that aren't real and foods that don't benefit us and we start eating good foods And that's what kills me is people are like, it costs too much to eat healthy. Do you know how much healthy food is compared to McDonald's? I do, but how much are we spending on health insurance and medication and doctors and all this other crap?
0: Well, I do think that there is, you know, there is some truth to. The fact that you guys, yeah, healthier food is going to cost more money, but I say this—I've said this for so long—like, pay it now, pay it later. Exactly. You know, I mean, truly, like that's it. And you know, I—I would rather pay that extra money for me to feel great, especially while I am, you know, when I'm cell-cellularly very young, Mm -hmm. right, and I'm able to really like Mm -hmm. maximize my output to create the life that is going to, you know, better take care of me in my later years, you know, versus like, I'm going to skip over that part now. And then later when I'm, you know, older and more tired and oops, now there's big things happening and shit. Now I got to figure out how to pay for this. And I'm going to be in the hospital and doctors and like, that's not fun, man. That's not fun. That's not cool. And even if, and and this goes back to your point of what you were Mm -hmm. saying, like, even if it's not the whole thing, but eventually hopefully you get there in terms of diet, right? Yes. So let me frame this like this. If throughout the week you typically would eat out 90% of the time, mm-hmm. but you scaled it down to now you're cooking, you know, forty percent of the time and the rest you're eating out. That's where you know, you can start to make a difference to where maybe the offset of costs is like it's not that major, right? You know what I'm saying like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. For so sure. if, you
1: know uh, did I say cheaper. that right? Eating at home is cheaper, even if you're eating organic foods, and I know they're more expensive. I know that, but they're. They're so necessary because... I don't even think I said that. I think I said
0: that very unclear. Well,
1: that was what you meant, right? Yeah. That you're going to save money not eating out as much, eating at home. But you also, if you don't cook yet, that's okay. Honestly, you guys, I'm a clinical nutritionist all these years. I didn't learn how to really cook until like three years ago because I didn't have time. Like, I honestly i didn't make the time but i was in school full time i was working full time like i had a baby i was busy you guys running a practice with other nutritionists under me so i'm just learning but i you can pay other people to cook for you and you can have meals made that cost less than what a restaurant makes and like there's always whole foods hot bar although that's not always all healthy but there's things like that that you well, can, we can do you to can try and
0: do. incorporate more healthy foods and not have the cost of it be so exactly that's that's essentially it. what i was trying to and say and you're gonna it's
1: save like- down the line because i feel sad when people come to me and then they're my age and they're really sick and infirm yeah because And I don't even want to, they asked me how old I am. I don't want to tell them because I feel terrible that it's not your fault if you are overweight and you're sick and you have fibromyalgia and all these issues. This is the foods we've been taught to eat literally by the people who we thought were setting the guidelines. Right. And because they were in with the food companies, it wasn't correct information, Mm -hmm. but it's never too late to stop and go back and start making the changes now.
0: Yeah. Yeah that's a great point. Yeah. Cool. So now that we've got really deep on, you know, what it's like to have an unhealthy gut, you know, how, how it disturbs us. I think it's important to kind of break down what we can do to have a healthy gut, um, you know, from our day to day and just overall, you know, what are the things that we need to do, consume, stay away from that will help us generate a healthy gut. Um, you know, I'm sure that most of you have either heard about or consumed prebiotics or probiotics and so I think that that's a good place to start, right? Yeah. Prebiotics essentially are it's like food for our microbiome. Like we cannot digest this fiber basically exactly. is what it is. Right. Um it's a carbohydrate right. fiber. And so it directly goes down to our microbiome and feeds it which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, It's awesome primarily when it comes from food. It's, you know, we can also get it through supplementation. Julie, you were saying earlier how, you know, you're seeing a lot of it put into um, like protein bars and all kinds of different foods in general, right? And it's not necessarily, uh, you know, a a health disruptor, Um, but ideally you want to
1: be getting it from
0: foods food
1: sources right right i mean right well inulin and chicory i get asked this a lot inulin and chicory have been used for maybe the last 10 years maybe a little maybe 15 for to create to give people that prebiotic fiber that mm -hmm. that certain type that you would find in um, garlic onions artichokes things like that and it's only a part of each of those foods and then when it's in inulin and chicory which are the same thing they're just different names um those actually can feed the unhealthy bacteria in your gut. So there's things like Klebsiella and there's uh, commensal bacteria means it can be in your gut and be healthy for you. But when you have too much of it, it's bad. And that's when people ask, like, why is my protein shake or my protein bar giving me gas? Why is it hurting my stomach? And then when you look on the list, you see you either see inulin chicory, or you see prebiotic, or it'll say FOS, which is fricto oligosaccharide, or you see GOS, which is like a galacto oligosaccharide. Basically, that's a different chain sugar that your body cannot break down, like Roxy said, but that these bacteria, these bad ones are eating at a faster rate than your good bacteria, or maybe it's just that you have too many of those. So that is not for you. So if you eat something with FOS or GOS, because it's so prevalent in supplements and products now I would say a big thing is put the brakes on and then go to somebody and get tested and make sure or just stop eating it and try to get your prebiotics then from foods
0: yeah which is food. the ideal
1: way anyway
0: right asparagus I know bananas yeah. even though it's higher sugar but it's still Jerusalem An artichoke Unripe
1: banana and unripe banana is a way, great way to do that
0: that's so right you're yeah. right actually yeah right. um yeah, yeah. Uh, garlic juice. onions oh yeah yeah great for it so important
1: great for it
0: um, probiotics. Yes. So I hear probiotics and, you know, my mind thinks of supplementation, right? And mm-hmm. I take a probiotic. Um, I think it's important to break down a little bit of like, you know, potentially great probiotics if there's even such a thing, yeah. um, uh, versus the ones that you, you know, want to stay away from. Like there's so many, I see it all the time and, you know, it's a probiotic and it's like this dairy, um, mm, yeah. sugary, right, yogurty, Sugar, yeah. Oh my god!
1: So yeah, like kefir and dan and yogurt and that crap, you guys, that is never helping your gut because it's doing so much damage on the other end. Most most probiotics are are grown on dairy, mm-hmm. and there's there are ways to to use dairy and growing it. Just like a lot of B vitamins are grown on yeast. Like there's ways to do this without it being so inflammatory and so irritating, but not like just drinking yogurt and a lot of people don't want to give up dairy and they use the excuse that they're drinking kefir filled with sugar and yogurt yeah just because they don't want to give up dairy because they don't maybe they don't realize how addicted they are to it Mm. but um it's really doing more damage to your microbiome than good you want to have probiotics from companies that are have a good reputation i prefer doctor's lines companies um orthomolecular has a clean one for example you don't want any additives in it You don't want like these mass market like drugstore brand probiotics because chances are a lot of that isn't going to be alive. So uh, I, I, I use
0: yeah. Renew Life and it's, um,
1: that's a good one.
0: Yeah. And I also make sure that, um, I think this is important too, you know, obviously it needs to be refrigerated, mm-hmm. right? Your probiotics need to be for it to be alive. If it's Most, even alive,
1: not all need to be refrigerated. Really? Like, like Jaro has one called EPS. They put out years ago when I used to do technical writing for them. And the EPS is, um, enteric I think it's enteric protective system or something. Mm-hmm. So that capsule is actually protected, wow. so that it doesn't kill. They, they don't die mm-hmm. supposedly, and and they do that. They did the testing, and it goes down into your stomach, and the acid doesn't kill it either. So it gets into your lower intestine.
0: That's amazing. Yeah,
1: and so, so that's a good one if you're traveling to just keep on you. That that's you so good to have, know, right? Yeah, know. and I'm surprised that other companies haven't jumped have on that probably. bandwagon because. Yeah. And, and it's not like they're going to die instantly if you take them out of the refrigerator either. And it's not like all of them are going to get past your stomach acid either, you guys. So mm. um, people also think that more is better, like go for this huge amount of... Um, probiotic. CPUs, yeah. But, I mean, a moderate... It doesn't need to cost you $80 for a probiotic unless you only want to take one a day. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you could go for like a, a five billion or a fifteen billion, or you don't have to go for like the hundred billion or the sixty billion, or you have well, I know to go that too like,
0: crazy. Doctor Rhonda Patrick, um, I know she's mentioned uh, VSL three before, yes. and it comes yes. in. Um, it com- it sent to refrigerator, not refrigerator. Sorry, it's on ice, so it's
1: literally. Uh-huh. Like- yeah. And supposedly that has been really, really effective that's a good one and oh, it's and really it expensive though it. it's really expensive and mm-hmm. i don't think we have to unless you have really serious gut issues or unless you can afford to like be spending that that yeah. kind of money yeah they all have different strains for the most part yeah they have mostly it's acidophilus and bifidus mm-hmm. and those are the two that we know we need we've needed we've been doing those for years but now they've broken it down further into the L, L say and um you know, the B. Longo and the B. Infantis for babies. And so they've broken it, El Breve, like they've broken it down, rasmosis to, to all these ones that have different things they do now. But yeah. I mean, we're at the very tip of what we know. But so if you could get more strains, it's probably better. Right. Yeah. The companies that are good companies are going to send it on ice anyway. If it gets to you and it's been sitting in the hot sun on a FedEx truck or whatever. (laughs) No, and I even asked
0: at Whole Foods because I buy Renew Life. And I asked them. I said, is this in a – like I always think about if you were to buy uh, probiotics on Amazon. No, 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 no. And I asked. Right. So Whole Foods is like, you guys is this refrigerated can, yeah. into the refrigerator? And they said that they do.
1: I worked in a in a vitamin store in Manhattan Beach for years, and ours always came on ice, mm-hmm. and they went straight in the fridge. And yeah. if the fridge like broke down or something, or somebody accidentally turned it off, we would get rid of it all and refill it. Right. Uh, I'm assuming Whole Foods does that. That's what mean, they said. So I feel I feel yeah, like they. I mean, Amazon owns them now, and they're not Mrs. Gooch's anymore. Right. So, so we never know. For for sure, and it's not going to kill them that they're getting, not freezing cold, but sitting in a hot truck or getting mailed by a regular mail probably yeah, killed not, off a lot of it. So, yeah. This,
0: yeah. This, this, bi- this biome, all this will be in the show notes, um, was another one that I know Dr. Rhonda, uh, um, has mentioned and, and actually I think she, she stopped using the v- VSL and then went to this biome, but That's um, a again, brand of a, of yeah. a probiotic? Yeah. This
1: is the one that they test called? Viral or something I don't okay I don't that's know. what I've seen now too is they're these companies are doing testing and then saying they're gonna match your your probiotics to your test and I have a bunch of emails from these different companies I'll have to look through them, which is kind of interesting to me but I I, I don't know really how specific they can get with that, but it's interesting. I'm open to it.
0: Yeah. I mean, she's yeah. so detailed and, it, yeah, you know, she's, she's a awesome. gnarly scientist. what she so. says. So I know. I, I if Rhonda
1: Patrick yeah. says she yeah. takes it, I'm yeah. taking it. I mean, you guys can, you have to, I think it's better to take one than to not take one. But again, it's not better if it's a CBS brand or a. That's it's a great Filled point. with sugar or right. you're drinking yogurt or kefir, I don't, dairy yogurt or kefir. It's not worth it. I would say spend that money on more vegetables. What about
0: goat kefir? Because I know that people, some, or some people like...
1: Goat is not as inflammatory of a milk as cow is. Yeah. And part of that is because of the way that it's processed. It's not such a big industry. But as we're getting more away from cow and toward goat, that's becoming more processed and more... Oh, really? We're having, you know, seeing a little more reaction to it. You know what the the, the most healthiest milk now that the, the nutritionists and the functional medicine are talking about, especially... For brain healing and gut healing stuff is camel's milk. Oh, yeah. camel's milk. Uh, no crazy? way. I that's know, really yeah, funny. Yeah, I know a lot about it, but I'm I'll, I'll, I'll take that's a, really a interesting. Look, but yeah, and yeah. it s- seems to be. I mean, it's interesting. Camels live through a lot of crap out there in the desert. I mean,
0: they're pretty tough.
1: Man. Yeah, they are. They are tough <laughs> animals. So we have to think about that.
0: Um, I was gonna say also. Um, yeah, it's. I think um, shoot, I totally. It's gonna come back to me uh oh well, let me just say this. It's important to make note too that w- probiotics are the good bacteria, yes. right So when we're taking them, the idea is we're depositing more good bacteria in our microbiome.'re we're, we're essentially also, we're like repopulating, right? And not all of them are gonna live. I mean, in fact, probably most of them aren't, but there might there this is why it's also great to take it on the daily again the good ones though, because even if it's not, you know, if I let's just use numbers to illustrate this. If you've got a hundred probiotics going through your systems, if ninety of them pass and don't right. make it through, yeah, those, those ten will help mm-hmm. to oh, yeah. strengthen oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. the
1: gut health, you know, so that's right. really important. And they have a lifespan like we do. They 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 die or they get washed out in the poop. So yeah. we do need to be replacing and I mean, the ideal I'm always going to say is our diet, but because our diet is nutrient, more nutrient deficient now than it ever has been, yep. because our soils mm-hmm. are more deplete and because of everything, the GMOs that go over even from a organic, you know, spray over the seeds that are GMO and the glyphosate and all the pesticides and all the toxins, like we just don't have as much nutrients in our food to create Right. These things that we need. I feel For like we do need to, to supplement and yeah. uh, especially when our diet isn't. But a, a bottle of probiotics because you're having gas because you ate McDonald's is like doesn't even each other out. So yeah. You got to yeah. kind of be a little a little bit more savvy. Totally. That, the commercials will be like, did you eat a bunch of like crap today? We'll take a Dan and yogurt and your stomach will stop hurting. Right. 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 That's not the right product and it's not the right.
0: No, and actually Beauty, that makes but. me think of um, some probiotic foods, like That's fermented, yeah, fermented vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sauerkreau. and this can go in two different directions and we should probably just touch on both because mm-hmm. um, we're digging deep in this topic, yeah. but... You know, I can say even, like, if there's ever been something I've eaten in the past, and it could have been kale or something, or mm-hmm. all of a sudden my stomach felt disturbed, I would go to my kraut or my, you know, some fermented yes. vegetable, and I swear, I, it's like I can, it's like the army is fighting, because I, I feel better. Wow. Apple cider vinegar, I mean, that's mm-hmm. another, you know, probiotic. Um, so wheat, kimchi, these yeah. are foods, fermented vegetables, yeah. right? So you have the probiotics in the food, kombucha. That is a probiotic. Mm-hmm. However, so that stuff's good. You know, I think well, the or dose or is, broth, you know. Broth the broth, too. Is it fermented? Bone broth, with, thank yeah, you. Good one. Yeah. With no sugar. With no sugar. Right. Um, but the kombucha. But the kombucha, yeah. I was going to say, because Julie and I talk about this um, mm. a lot because, you know, it's this whole idea of like, oh, it's so healthy. Kombucha is so healthy. And that's, you know, what happens a lot. It's like all of a sudden, now it's like kombucha is the healthiest thing. Not if you have,
1: you know, bacteria overgrowth that's not... Klebsiella, Citrobacter, Pseudonomas.
0: And these are... Can you explain what that is? These
1: are microbial, like bacterial um, invaders, if you will, that a lot of us have that will eat that. Even Candida, too, which is a yeast. Oh my God, that's huge. It will eat... That sugar that they fermented and and in it so it's now it's like sugar times uh, hundreds. Yeah. And it reproduces and throws off endotoxins. Just like we talked earlier about the leaky gut causing endotoxins. This causes um it can cause brain fog, it can cause irritability, it can cause the stomach to ache, it can cause cravings for more. Like it can cause you know, your adrenal glands can get involved because it stresses the system out and causes inflammation. So it's not always... Kombucha is not healthy for everybody. Some of us can tolerate it. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know that it repopulates the gut with the right, you know, types of probiotics. And it yeah. depends what mushroom they grow, how they grew it. There's if, if somebody grew it for you and if it's in a bottle, either way, there's not really any way to tell the true amount of sugar in there. Mm. But if you look on the bottle at some of the most... Um, popular brands. Yeah. 12 grams of sugar. Yeah. 14, the lower ones yes, are
0: six. Nine. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, but they are upwards like 12. But again, like, to that's when and- they
1: tested it. Now it's been sitting in a bottle all this time. So how high is the sugar now? Oh my God, that's a great point. right? How much yeah. of a sugar hit? My patients who are really sugar sensitive or I know they have gut issues, they react immediately. And wow. some, like I got a question the other day, I get this question all the time. I feel like I'm getting drunk from <laughs> kombucha, am I getting drunk? You might be getting drunk, but I honestly, there was a guy who got a DUI and proved that he was a recovering alcoholic and he was filled with yeast. He was able to prove, and you can Google this, that his his like third DUI, I think it was. he was really sober, was because he ate a bunch of bagels and like literally binged on them and he fermented and made his own alcohol in his gut.
0: Are you serious? Yeah, isn't that's that insane. crazy? And yeah. so
1: he blew like I forget one point something when he really hadn't he hadn't had a drink. Like wow. that's literally what we can make alcohol in our gut and it affects our brain. And and if mm. even if we don't blow like a one point two, you know that sounds crazy, but it's true. You can you can still make your brain have a lot of brain fog and a lot of cloudiness. By just drinking a kombucha. And some people want that. They want to not be in, as intense. They want to take the edge off. Mm. And they don't want to drink an actual beer. So mm-hmm. they tell me. It gives me a little buzz and I like it. Interesting. But just know that it's not like this super supplement. It's not like drinking celery juice or something that's mm. just nutrients and fairly benign. Cool. Yeah. That's, and so it's probably safe to say
0: like either if you can tolerate it, you know, the dose is important. Yeah. So you probably... Don't want to be drinking a kombucha every single day. I mean, I know a lot of people are like obsessed with it. Is
1: it two servings in the whole bottle too? So you double those numbers as well. Right.
0: Exactly. So if you're reading six grams of sugar, no, it's actually 12, 12, right. For the whole bottle for a quarter. Right. Yeah. If
1: it doesn't bother you and you love it, then that's okay. You know, yeah, We totally. can choose our things. It could be a Diet Coke. It could be a kombucha. But yeah. I just don't want people to think that this is the healthiest thing ever. And well, and also
0: yeah. just considering the fact that if you have any issues with candida, yeah. with, you know, um, bacteria overgrowth, then these fermented foods, these drinks that, you know, we think are uh-huh. healthy or put out they right. marketed as healthy and in a lot of ways are or can be can maybe not be working in your favor because
1: they're good, great point they're marketed that they're actually going to feed your good bacteria right but that may not be happening and it may also be feeding the unhealthy bacteria right so, it's kind of
0: like yeah. leaving out some information exactly. that's also important
1: exactly <laughs> like the disclaimer right. re- re- between it, the it lines. it could be that they just really believe in it and it works well for them personally yeah. so they started a company and they have the best intentions right but then I see all the sick people so I see the other side of it and then have to kind of back go backwards and clean it up and right. figure out what's causing it sometimes it's that kombucha so right and this is not just like this, would you say that this too- is over 10 or 15 years
0: so what about kimchi though and kraut is that uh, those the generally
1: are not grown with so much they're not sugar right so they're, they're not de- generally healthy for you in the way that kombucha was meaning to be and some kombucha is and I'm not an expert. On making kombucha yeah but I know that it very often can be not a healthy thing mm-hmm. but kimchi and sauerkraut and because those are parts of my diet are great parts I for think the, the most yeah. part, like
0: I make sure that throughout the week at least even if it's like one day there was a dose of you know S20 some kind too. of fermented vegetables yeah.
1: there was a time when I could not tolerate them when I was exposed to the mold and having issues with that I couldn't could not handle them and so for, for the most part, they're healthy for my patients, but there will be a subset of you guys who, who don't do well. You feel worse, so right And that's kind of a signal again to, to seek out and go to an expert and get some testing done because cool. you don't know. Are you having a histamine response to it? or is it actually feeding something in your gut that it shouldn't, or are you sensitive? to some part, something in that kimchi or that sauerkraut.
0: Cool. You know? So that I wanted, yeah. that was good. Cause I wanted yeah. to bring that up because I know that That's a great
1: point. it's, um, well,
0: thank you. And I think that it's important to, to kind of, so in summary on the prebiotics and the probiotics section, you guys, You know, prebiotics are going to feed your microbiome. It's what we cannot digest. Primarily, you want it through food, not supplementation. If you are eating something like your protein powder or bar Mm -hmm. or something and you start to, you don't, you feel a disturbance in your gut and you see, you know, oh, there's that fiber that Julie was just mentioning, chicory root, inulin, all that. Um, then, you know, it's, it's, it's something you want to stay away from for the most part and like stick to the foods, um, prebiotic foods. So the onions, the garlic, the the Jerusalem artichokes, um, asparagus. If that's the
1: only time you feel that gas or bloating or pain, then I would just stay away from it. If you're feeling it all the time and then you go get some help for it.
0: Okay, cool. So then, um, and probiotics, um, you know, again, good bacteria, you can take a probiotic supplement on the daily if you choose to, mm-hmm. um, but you want to make sure that you're getting it from a very, you know, reliable brand, a, a good company. I've listed a few here. Um, VSL 3 is, is you know, more expensive mm-hmm. and very potent one, apparently. I use Renew Life. All this stuff is going to be in the show notes. But again, the idea behind probiotics is just to keep our immunity strong, to deposit more good bacteria to help repopulate our microbiome. So that's you know the mm-hmm. summary between those two things. What are the top five go-tos out of everything we've talked about and all that we know to keep the gut healthy? What would be
1: our you know
0: mm-hmm. the five great question. staples? Great question.
1: Um, and jump in if I if I get stuck. Um, so definitely the first one is our diet, and it has to be as many cups of vegetables as you can get in a day it doesn't have to be raw it doesn't have to be cooked a combo of both is probably ideal yeah unless you're unless you're compromised digestive wise then you go from sauteed in olive or coconut or avocado oil to more raw as you can handle it
0: cool Um, and with with fiber obviously being the heavy focus yeah
1: you want the fiber from the veggies right? right yeah and then and then I wouldn't like jump into eating ten cups of vegetables a day, but you do need close to two to three cups per meal, three times a day, or you know at least two to three cups two times a day if you're doing like a time restricted eating or something, or you can't uh, get it with breakfast.
0: Right, I know. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So in the example of let's just say my goal is to eat six cups of vegetables a day, mm-hmm. and but my breakfast is fats and protein, so I'm not really getting the fiber Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, significant amounts of fiber, then I'm going to make sure that the rest of my food throughout the day is going to be, you know, sufficient in the fiber that I need through those cups of vegetables. So if I've had no vegetables, then I'm going to make sure that the rest of my food in the day is going to be those six cups of vegetables or, you know, that's, yeah. Right. Um, And the other thing to note too is also that, you know, you get fiber through, outside of vegetables, nuts, um, yeah, legumes. Yeah. yeah. Things of that nature too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that I think the vegetable intake yeah. is important, but it's yeah. also
1: nuts, legumes, avocado, like plant, plants, basically plants that aren't yeah. vegetables will give you Um, Even the fat, the fatty fruits. I guess avocado is technically a fruit. Some fruits, fruits give you fiber too. Absolutely, berries. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I mean, you don't want to eat as many fruits as vegetables because they're sugary, and that will kind of raise you and drop you.
0: Well, you want to. I think the idea is low glycemic fruits. Exactly. That's the better, and what that means is that the sugar content in them. You know, you're not spiking your insulin. So the difference between a blueberry and a pineapple or a banana and a strawberry. Or
1: if you want to do a higher glycemic fruit, it's in a smoothie with a bunch of protein and healthy fat so that the whole meal then is is not spiking your insulin. And then you could sneak vegetables in, frozen cauliflower in a smoothie, um, Mm -hmm. frozen spinach in a smoothie, frozen you know, zucchini shreds in, yeah, in a, in a absolutely. smoothie. Or I, I'm always chopping vegetables really tiny, mixing them into egg scrambles and soups and mm-hmm. everything I cook because it's just more fiber. So there are a lot of ways to get your cups in. It, you just got to... You got to be creative and yeah, you got to play. Yeah, yeah, play around with it and work them into... Even those like nut balls and stuff, we, work, we can work vegetables into those like snack bar, you know, mm. little balls we make with protein and yeah. fat for... Yeah, yeah. Um, almond butter and then sneak some vegetables in there because it's a good filler it's better than flour or corn or the other cheap stuff that are used in the foods that typical snack foods right um so food is number one probiotics if needed would be Mm -hmm. i guess number one and um
0: number two
1: i mean sorry number two um I would say collagen is turning out to be a really good um, thing to, to heal your intestinal lining, if yeah. need be. You, if you first need, if you if you really have an issue, you need to be tested, and you need to, and that's usually a stool test, you guys, but there's also an organic acid test, which um, is either urine or blood, and then it tests um, the byproducts of what, what is going on in your gut. So mm-hmm. sometimes that's even more accurate than some stool testing. If it a lot of times I can guess because I've been doing this a long time and I try to save my patients some money but some of my patients just really want to test and I have both to look at and that's really easy because it lines right up yeah if you're if you're creating more arebenose or certain types of chemicals then you know you have yeast or you know you have these certain types of parasites or bacteria so um if, you, if you're really having issues, you need to get it fixed, collagen's not gonna fix that. But mm-hmm. collagen will start to help healing that mucosal lining and healing up your gut, and mm-hmm.
0: um, Bone also, broth is also... Yeah,
1: bone broth is also a good source huge. of collagen. So yeah. that's a great source of that. Um, if you don't have too bad of a histamine response, a lot of people with chronic gut issues are, are chronically inflamed and react to histamine. But again, all that can be worked out if mm-hmm. it's you get there. But um, Serum, devi- serum derived bovine immu- immunoglobulins so basically it's um a newer product orthomolecular makes one there's a prescription one but i don't recommend it because it's got a lot of sugar and stuff so um but this is a new one you guys are going to be healing hearing a lot about and it's basically to heal the gut and help modulate your immune system almost like colostrum which is the first part of breast milk and um that your baby gets to sort of inoculate your immune system and it, it does deposit stuff into the microbiome. Mm. And this is being used with people with really, really bad gut issues, the, the colitis and the Crohn's and all that stuff. So that could be its own podcast, yeah, but totally. it's a really awesome, interesting new product that if if you Google it, you can definitely um, find cool. that there's plenty of doctors or a few doctors working with it now. Um, and then avoiding the stuff that destroys the gut and the good bugs. I mean,
0: I think that's huge. It's huge. It's yeah, almost it's number like, one, right? right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm confused now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm changing my answer.
0: <laughs> no, I think that's so. It's yeah. I yeah. mean, but probably the first thing you're right is yeah. to the, what to, to avoid: avoid dairy, dairy, sugar, processed yeah. foods. I mean. You know, even, um, well, yeah, non-organic foods. I mean, not everybody has that full-time luxury, and I do know that it is a luxury because that does go back to, you know, money. But making as many of, Mm -hmm. you know, the foods that you eat as organic as possible
1: yeah and, um, and also for that you can go to environmentalworkinggroup.com and just look at the really worst offenders mm, and then pick and choose the ones that you're gonna that's a buy great point. organic and the ones that you're not going to buy organic because that's true the, the glyphosate and the gmos literally are wiping out our microbiome on such a huge and not just those the other pesticides too on such a huge level that they're now documenting and trying to track like how much illness we have and equate it to that. And I don't think that takes all the blame because I think it's more processed foods. Yeah. But those are pretty, pretty bad right now for the microbiome. So, well, um,
0: again, yeah, I think another one, which uh, it's, it's going to be gluten, I um, think. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Gluten is... Yeah. You know, I yeah. So I want to keep this. Literally
1: destroys your gut. Remember those microvilli I told you about? Yeah, it literally snubs them off, so they're not there, so you can't get any nutrients into your bloodstream. It's crazy if you can make them, which you can't, because the gluten is like a. It becomes like a glue. Well, there's a protein in
0: gluten that we can't even humans cannot digest. Right. Right. It's I think there's three proteins that make up the the gluten or the. One of those. I don't know oh, the name okay. of it. Yeah. I'm not that. Yeah, it is. I'm not you that, that geeky. No, that there's three, three testing, and then yeah. there's one, and I remember that stood out to me that yeah. we as humans cannot well, digest it's a
1: gliotoxin. Gliotoxin. It's a. It's a talk. I mean, it's a toxin. So yeah, and and they, that always affects the brain. And no, you may not be celiac, but it affects. I mean, you must have the strongest, most healthiest microbiome in stomach if gluten doesn't affect you at all. Because well, it does affect pretty much everybody. Especially, and especially in the America. Way they make it. Yeah. The yeah. way they make bread here is very gluten-heavy on purpose. Right. Because it's more addictive. Because remember, gluten is an opiate-like peptide. So the nature of it, it needs a lot of digestion to break it down, and the fact that it's an opiate, it hits that dopamine receptor we talked about earlier. Right. And it makes you feel sedated. It takes the edge off. You feel right. buzzed. Right. But then in, like, 20 minutes, you need more, because... Right. And then your gut's all, eh, irritated and, and cranky and...
0: Congested. And,
1: and especially when yeah. you eat cheese with it, and then, a, you know, a couple glasses of wine. <laughs> it's like...
0: Well, I'm sure yeah. when you say that, people are going to go, what about the French, though? They're
1: so... <laughs> yeah, but like, they're eating... They're eating cows that are not, they're not these A2 overprocessed cows eating GMO grains and antibiotics and hormones. These are grass-fed cows that are in their backyard usually or from the farmer's market.
0: And their soil right. is not disrupted like ours. The milk's not like processed ours.
1: like ours is. The soil's not as depleted as ours is. It's like a whole, they're eating farm to table. Like people will tell me I was in Paris for a month and I ate gluten, I ate cheese i ate meat, i ate most a lot of vegetables yeah. too and i walked and i lost you know 10 pounds oh yeah on vacation it always happens to my mom right yeah and they're like why why well there's no secret why and then people come here on vacation or go anywhere in america and they bloat up and like they're right. happy and they're like traveling makes me constipated no it's a food you're eating when you're traveling probably. right totally yeah. no it's such a validation to the yeah. point that
0: it that stuff does affect us, you oh. know the the GMOs and you know just the yeah, yeah it has totally the, the soil and right all and of that. and the
1: GMO and the glyphosate like I said is really bad. But again, focus on the food. Someone said to me recently, "Should I not eat vegetables because of this glyphosate thing?" No, you still need to eat breakfast. And right. is it worth not eating? And, and I go through that too. Like I want to go buy a vegetable for my family or for me, and it's they don't have organic. I've been to three stores; they don't have that. Like. You didn't have an aspe- asparagus in um, oh, yeah. organic lately at Whole Foods. Oh, no. And I, I only like, buy frozen oh, unless they have I a- didn't even think of yeah. uh, looking for the frozen asparagus. I should have. They never do. Yeah. I, they haven't it recently. I went yeah. to three different stores, Bristol Farms, um, Whole Foods, and Trader Joe's, and I finally was like, all right, I give up because I just didn't want to eat the conventional. But right. that was a good choice. But some, if it's between not eating the vegetable and eating the conventional, I'll go back to that list. And if it's one of the worst offenders... I probably won't eat the vegetable, but then I'll find it, like Roxy said, frozen, or I'll substitute for other vegetables. I won't just skip my vegetables that night.
0: Perfect. So, okay. I think a great way to end this is we're talking about the top go-tos, but I want to actually distill it down to what you can do every single day. I want to put it in daily terms. So I think it's still... Number number one is avoiding the mm-hmm. sugar, the processed food, the dairy, um, you know, as many non-organic foods as possible.
1: Chemicals.
0: Um, chemicals. Mm-hmm. N- number two is focusing on your fiber intake and making sure that, you know, you're getting not just, like, the baseline of the recommended, you know, daily amount, but optimal. So if the recommend- recommended daily amount is 25 to 30 – Then think upwards of that and, you know, get creative, find different ways to do it. You know, again, veggies, fruits, nuts, legumes, those are going to help to get you there. Um, I think another uh, important, collagen you -hmm. mentioned. So I'm just going back over them. Collagen, um, you know, Vital Proteins is a brand that I love. I know Julie has Great Lakes, right? Great Lakes. Lakes. And both of us, you know, like to put it in you know, or coffees mm. or i put it in, you know, a smoothie or whatnot, but yeah. just to get some of that, um, the collagen, um, in our diet on the daily and
1: bone broth is similar.
0: Yeah. I don't do bone if broth cause I just broth. can't, cause I don't eat meat cause I just don't like it. Um, um in a powder.
1: You guys can do it in a powder. If yeah. You,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, if you guys can, yeah.
1: that's how, I mean, it's even the,
0: doing collagen
1: for me, I it's such a testament. Say, it's pretty much the same as collagen, but it's I know. just a little different breakdown, but yeah, it tastes, it has a taste. And if smell, you taste it, right? cause I don't eat,
0: uh, I yeah. eat fish and eggs, you know, but I don't eat yeah. any beef or chicken, so even the collagen that just goes to show how much I know that it's important that I'm willing yeah. to, even though there's no taste in the vital right. proteins. But like sometimes, if there's no blueberries in it, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm because I'm so sensitive oh, to too. animal, I'm yeah. gonna, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, just yeah. make sure that that's, um, you know, that's another thing that you can add to your diet on the daily, um, you know, to to support optimal gut health. I think another really important thing is just drinking. A, you know, healthy amounts of water. Oh, yeah. Water yeah. is really Huge. important yeah. just to keep everything healthy, but yeah. I do feel like that, you know, supports um, the gut. And I think yeah. that also, I don't know if it's for everybody, mm-hmm. but would you say, I know that I do every day, do, would you say that um, digestive enzymes would play yes. into yes. a daily part of. Yeah. Gut. I
1: forgot that, but yeah, digestive enzymes are really important for most of us. Cool. If you if you are having the gas and the bloating and all that, first you want to look to your diet, but in the meantime, the digestive enzymes could save you a lot of heartache and it's just more hydrochloric more hydrochloric acid, more protease, more amylase, more lipase, the stuff you need to break down your your fats, your proteins, your carbohydrates and the hydrochloric acid should help with you with the, the bloating and the gas. If you're bloating and you're gassy, you're not breaking down your food mm. as good as it will. And one trick that I tell my patients with digestive enzymes that I love and I've been doing, I learned it years ago, is you take, you eat half your meal and then you take your enzymes and then you eat the other half.
0: You got me doing that. Yeah. That's how I it do it. It works
1: really well. Yeah. Because then you don't get the acid, you take it after your meal. You might be still getting some reflux and burping the acid up, mm-hmm. and if you take it before, it could burn your stomach lining. So yeah. this actually digests your food a little better too. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. me too.
0: Digestive enzymes, I think, is an important and yeah,
1: and there's many types, so you might need to work with somebody. I would get a, a broad spectrum. I like Enzymetica has a Digest Gold that's been a go-to for years. Um, Biotics Research has a hydrochloric acid with pepsin called Hydrozyme, and then if I'll dose my patients, my patients with that. and it it starts with a small tablet. And then a lot of people need a big capsule and a lot more if they have serious digestive issues. But, you might have to work with somebody on that, but at least start with a, a well-rounded, broad. Which one do you use?
0: You know what? I don't even know the name oh, of it. Okay. I just know the color of the bottle. Okay. I always go into the little the, store should, and I'm like, the big orange yeah. bottle. Rainbow Light enzyme.
1: has a good has some good enzymes. You want to stay away from the enzymes that have too many foods added to them. Because yeah. in the, like um, Garden of Life typically puts a lot of fermented and different foods and prebiotics. That's too many variables, you guys. You're, mm. you, just, you just need the basics of... The enzymes to break things down. Don't add more things that have to be then broken down and could cause a reaction.
0: That's a great point. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to add to the um, things to stay away from: artificial sweeteners. Oh yeah. Major, oh, major, major, major disruptor mm-hmm. to the gut.
1: Yes.
0: People, you guys don't you know that sugar-free Coke or Diet Coke, whatever it's called. S- yeah, it's Splendor. that stuff is horrible yeah, yes. for the gut. So, you know, I don't need to say anything more on that, mm-hmm. honestly. That's just, I'm just throwing that back into yeah. with the sugar and the dairy and those things that, you know, the gluten, right. things that are going to really disrupt um, your, your gut health. So, you know, staying away from those things, focusing on your fiber, um, taking a, pr- a probiotic, mm-hmm. um, collagen, digestive enzymes, water, mm-hmm. also m- movement I really do. Movement is important. You know, the more that we are sedentary... I mean, the less healthy we are, period. So, Mm. you know, I'm I'm throwing that in, and I know that you know it's not this theory like it's it's talked about the connection, Um, but I do think that that's something to pay attention to again if if we're focusing on what our daily go tos could be um, to support optimal gut health. And that doesn't mean it, you know, movement doesn't necessarily mean that you have to like go do a CrossFit thing. Not not, nothing against that. you know, but even just making sure that, you know, you got some walking in or something on exactly. day, that there's just some movement. Right. You weren't sitting down, you know, for the most part of the day, which right. I know is so often, you know, a lot of life, people living. Yeah. And the driving and all that. So, you know, getting some movement in is yes. going to help support, you know, your gut basically yeah. to be healthy, assimilate. Eliminate.
1: Exactly. Take the stairs, walk, park further away, simple stuff like that. Totally. The better you start eating, the better you start digesting, the better you start feeling, the more you'll want to move.
0: It's like literally, we've been sitting here for an hour and a half, and I'm I'm like, okay, I gotta get up.
1: I'm ready to go run around (laughs) the block a couple times and jump
0: in the pool. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much, Julie. Again, thank you. you guys. So um, I know it was a lot of information, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Julie and I are so passionate about all this stuff. Um, you know, and the goal is always to try and you know keep it as simple as we can, um, without you know staying away from the important things that do need to to come out for you guys to really be empowered with the knowledge that can really impact you and your health in a, in a positive way. So, you know, even if you got to go back and listen to this episode, you know, a couple times, I've done that so many times. I continue to do that on so many podcasts, you know, where it's super biology heavy and, but it's definitely worth it. You know, one last thing that I'll say is I really believe, um, you know, getting a grip on our health is the truest form of autonomy that we have in this life. And I, I mean, if, if you follow me on social media, you know, I'm always hashtag autonomous woman. I really love living an autonomous life. And I focus that, uh, you know, first primarily through my health. It's the one true thing that I can affect and control. So you know, hopefully that's, you know, an empowering seed in your mind to, you know, just if you're not already there or if you kind of dip in and out, just to, you know, really take value in the fact that it's your health, it's your one life, and you can totally affect the outcome of it, you know, to have it work in your favor. Yes.
1: I love that. I love it. and <laughs> you guys are here learning this stuff. So that's just I mean that's you already that's want awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah. You're ready to yeah. go. Or you're deep in it already. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, on that note, we're gonna get up and jump around mm-hmm. and move around. And
1: yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah, love you so guys, I love you, Roxy. I
0: love you too. So Leave good. us some notes, some comments. We love hearing from you. Let us know your thoughts. Please share this episode. Um, you know, all of it, all of it we value and and it really does make a difference too, and just getting the word out on this podcast, which is, you know the ultimate goal, the more people that, you know, can be empowered through this, um, the better. So thank you guys so much as always looking forward to the next one. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking the time to check out this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please share it with your friends, head over to iTunes, subscribe to this podcast, read it, leave me an honest review. Let's connect. I'm so excited to do that in this space and really create content that elevates your mind in support of your best performance in life. You can find me on Instagram at Black blackbeltbeauty. I'm active there every single day and I look forward to connecting with you all. So thanks again and I'll catch you on the next one.